Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. As you notice with these special ones, we wait a little bit longer to do our uh, intro into the uh, into the podcast because we want to give full props to uh, Josh Mitchell, Josh. our tech guy, who uh, has been doing a great job coming up with all of these uh, intros for us as uh, he did Halloween, Thanksgiving, and now Christmas. Yes. Um, we want to say... Um, this is the first that we're going to do of a series of Christmas episodes. Um, it is going to be all Christmas, all December. So we have Steve Hartland joining us. Steve, how are you doing today? Hey, great. Looking forward to a Christmas podcast. That's right. And uh, Greg, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Quick word on uh, Josh Mitchell, too. He's a young dude here. Uh, just Josh does a million and one things, keeps mm-hmm. a lot of sp- uh, plates spinning. But he's getting married uh, in early January. Uh, to okay. a yeah. lovely young girl named Hope. So. Well, there goes your new bumper music. I know. <laughs> Why these guys got to get married? Yeah. <laughs> then he's going to get married. You got to get gonna... them into First Corinthians 7 and uh, singleness, I man. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. It's like we, these guys, if they could just hold off getting married for maybe 10 years. Yeah, that's you know, it. I'm sure that's a... Serve I, the Lord during that Oh, time. absolutely. I'm sure he'd be cool with that, dude. Uh, <laughs> he'd be totally cool. No, I'm pumped, man, about this Christmas uh, series. Yeah, this um, is great. Um, and so I we... love having Hartland here for the kickoff yeah our kickoff we're going to be talking about uh sermons so christmas sermons are they necessary um just you know pull our put our cards out on the table we're going to be talking um tomorrow with joe thorne um so we're actually going to be pre-recording all of these this week we got six podcasts we're doing this week right six podcasts yeah wow yeah wow so uh guys so yeah, we've got um, Joe Thorne coming on tomorrow. We're going to be talking about um, Christmas traditions with him, as we will all of our guests. But we're also going to be talking about um, family and Christmas. You know, the idea of Santa and some of the you know mythology behind Christmas. How does he deal with that? A um, little bit of Christmas anxiety. Um, he's our guy that we talked to about anxiety a while ago. So we're going to be talking to him about anxiety around the holidays. Um, we have Nathan Bartleball back on. Uh, talking yes. about movies, so we're going to be doing a movie critique, good, bad, and ugly. Yes, and without uh, connecting it to the last word, ugly, <laughs> I can't wait to get his take on the Christmas shoes. <laughs> that is, uh, that's going to be epic. Yeah, that is going to be epic. Do you, do you know that song, Steve? No, what is it? Christmas, Christmas, shoes? Christmas shoes, dude. If you've ever been in the mall or had the radar on, you've heard it. It's a a highly melodramatic song about a boy who is standing in line he doesn't have enough money you're gonna make uh, me cry yes to except to to buy these these shoes and then um you know the cashier says you don't have enough and then the the uh man behind him realizes the boy is saying oh so i want to buy these shoes uh for my mama please it's christmas eve and these shoes will fit just she's dying and he wants her to have these shoes to look pretty when mommy meets jesus tonight and um, uh, so, anyway, it's 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 a song that a lot of people love. But then it was made into a movie. <laughs> Serious? Yeah. So it's Maybe. a fictitious song now made into an even fuller extended fictitious movie, and we're gonna have some fun with it. Do you know what's even worse than that? They yeah. made a sequel of the movie. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, there man. was a sequel made of the movie. Is it like the Christmas combat boots? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like where do you go from there? Like the kids to a all prequel. Grow- <laughs> yeah, except the prequel is like doing. the funny thing is like the kids now all grown up and you yeah. know his mother has since passed away yeah. and and he's now the grumpy guy who you know has to have oh. his heart changed. So he needs to be reminded, oh. sort of That's like right. old Ebenezer. That's right. I got gotcha. you. 
Um, and then we have Matt Smith joining us. Yes. And we're going to be talking about Christmas music. And we are going to have a special opening for that one. So our, our opening music will not be what it normally is. Yes, that'll be a first. So, um, yeah, we're really excited. Rick Phillips will be joining us at some point. Yes. Um, and we're yes. going to be talking about um, Christmas and the Gospel with uh, with him. So. Yeah, and uh, his books came in, bro. He, uh, it's a PNR book. Have you ever seen Steve the Reformed Expository Commentary? I think yes. it's one of the things. Yeah. This is an edition in that. It's really, it's it's a slight deviation. It's basically a collection of Christmas sermons and meditations hmm. from a whole bunch of different guys, kind mm-hmm. of associated with PNR. But Rick Phillips is one of them, and I actually uh, quoted it once or twice in yesterday's sermon. Uh, it was Phil Riken's, uh sermon that he did on. Um, Oh, I don't want to give too much away to today, but on the Magnificat from mm-hmm. Luke 1, Mary's song, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. They had some great stuff in there. Nice. So I've uh, been looking at that, and then they sent us James Boyce's book on Christmas. Okay, nice. I need to get you. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. And did we cover them all? I think so. Yeah, Except I think New, that's New Year's. New Year's, yep. Yep, we Nathan will be doing will. the New Year's one as well. That will be Greg and I for our fireside chat. Yes, and we're going to answer the question, what does old Lang Syne mean? <laughs> At the moment, I'm happy to say I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're all dying to <laughs> Good, find yes. out. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is the burning question on everybody's That's right. mind. You guys are going to live in this room this week, aren't we you? We will, man. Yeah. yeah. We will. Yeah. And, I, and you know what? Ooh. You know how there's no shave November? <laughs> My thing is no deodorant December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be in this room yeah. by Friday, man. <laughs> Nathan, I'm going to see if he really loves me. That's right. Yeah. Well, the good the good news is we are we are stocked up with plenty of alcohol. So yeah. <laughs> we're looking at a delicious bottle of uh, what is that bourbon called, Nathan? Jefferson's. Jefferson's. Jefferson's Man. bourbon. Smooth. It is. Yeah, mm. it's really Very good. Nice. Under forty bucks, so it's a yeah. nice, easy drinking. Yeah. We still have some of that uh, Anderson Valley Blood Orange IPA yes. or Blood Orange uh, Sour beer. Yeah, goes a left so. Quick word on that. Just before Thanksgiving, um, I uh, took my boys in, of course, to Nathan's store. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my youngest guy, Isaac, you know, I, I needed to make it special for him. So he's like, oh, what could Mr. Nathan show me? I'm like, well, I can't give him beer. Uh, that kind of, you know, gets me <laughs> Bourbon's up. probably out, yeah, too. Yeah, bourbon, <laughs> maybe a little bit with, you know, frosted flakes. But um, so I'm thinking, hey, Nathan, can we go in that big, you know, freezer, refrigerator back there? Which anybody can go in. And, but Isaac thought... He thought that we were given special access. Did you tell him Santa Claus was in there? That's the North Pole? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did say, this is where Santa hangs. No, yeah. I didn't say that. Uh, but it was, uh, it was fun. And just to tell you, dude, uh, I bought that. Uh, now, this might be too local for some listeners, but the Heavy Seas, that 12-pack. Yeah, that, the uh, 12-pack IPA pack. So good. Is, yep. it, is it a mix of different? It is. It's a yeah. mix yeah. of four like IPAs. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. The one is... Uh, do, uh, so they're their flagship. I'm fond of Heavy Seas, man. Are you? Yeah, they're, they, so good. they're they're a good they're a good brewery. Um, yeah. they're one of the ones that um, they came out with this. They're they're pretty mainline for me. There are other IPAs out there that I could I could dig into a little better for uh-huh. the price point. Yeah, but they're a good like you know. Hey, I don't know what to get. I'll pick up some Heavy Seas. Yeah, um, dude. The uh, I'll tell you. I think I've uh, the one I didn't try was Crossbones. Yeah, but, but I just had that yesterday. Did you? Was yeah. it good? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, wow. kind of light. Yep. Okay. Uh, fresh. Because yep. the, there's four in it. It's Double Cannon. Yep. Which is the double IPA. And dude, I, my father was a little bit hesitant because that might be too much for me. I said, Dad, Nathan has told me. That these double IPAs tend to almost smooth themselves yep. out. 
into a slightly sweeter taste, and that's exactly how he experienced it. Yeah. Uh, and it was so good. And then the Black Cannon. The Black Cannon, um, yep, which a, is a maltier um, black IPA. Really nice taste. Yep. Yep. Dude, just enjoyed that. Yep. Um, the, their, uh, the taste of that was really interesting Yeah, really good. And then, of course, Loose Cannon, which yep. is a their flagship. Yep. Yeah. Good. So the Crossbones was good. It's it was, a yeah, lighter. Like it. I'll do it again. Okay. Yeah. Crossbones Session IPA, that's one that a lot of people will – it's an IPA that a lot of people will crush during the summertime yeah. because it's on that lighter side. Sure. So you know, instead of like going for a Miller Lite or Coors Light, you know, this is a respectable beer that you can drink and yes. not have to be ashamed. Yeah. To give you an example, my wife does not like IPAs. She doesn't have the palate for it. Right, sure. But I, I tasted that and thought, shoot, she might like this, and I won't tell her what it is. So she wow. tasted it, and she like licked, smacked her lips, and yeah. she said – not bad. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, my wife doesn't like beer really in general. So uh, you married her? I know, I know, dude. Wow. But, um, I mean, talk about unequal yoke. Yeah, <laughs> she's a wine person. You know that sort of stuff, which I'm really not. But um, yeah, same thing. I let. I, I realize that the beer that you want to introduce a non-drinker to is not probably an IPA. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. yeah, It's so hoppy and it has a nice taste. But anyway, a little throw in there. We didn't mean to make that a yeah. Christmas beer episode. Oh, and I will say, since to make it more Christmassy, mm-hmm. uh, Mad Elf by Trove, yeah. uh, which I never had before. Yep. Re- I mean, it's not something I'd want all the time. And obviously, yep. it's a seasonal beer. It's a Christmas beer. Uh, you're right. It tastes exa- It's honeys and cherries. Yep. But it's uh, it's not overpowering. It's just got a smooth no, yeah. taste to it. Yeah, you get um, a little bit of the um, the booze coming in. It yeah. is a little boozy um, at eleven percent. Yeah, um, but it is it is on that sweeter, fruitier side with the with the cherries mixed into it. So. Steve, Steve, come back. So, he just left. He's uh, on his way to get mad. Up. Oh, here he is. He came getting back. a six pack of that. Right. <laughs> hey, while we're on beer for a second, yeah. can I just asked. Um, yeah, absolutely, a beer I've really been enjoying, and I can't remember who makes it. Is it Flying Dog? Is that a beer company? Flying mm-hmm. Dog. Yeah, right. Flying Dog makes a raging female yes. dog. All right. Yes. Oh, uh, I've never, I've never had that. I like that a lot. What do you think of it? Yeah. No. It's, it's a good one. Um, it's, it's their flagship. Um, in the series, um, and, and it's funny because I know I'm going to slip and actually say the word yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it is a really nice one. It's a good IPA, eight point seven percent, I think it mm. is. So you know, good, Strong good, time. solid alcohol content. A lot of people just look at those um, people who are used to drinking lighter beers, and they look at higher, you know, alcohol content. It's like, oh, well, you can only drink one of them. It's like well, that's the point. That's all right. You know, right. You're, uh-huh. I'm, I'm drinking a beer that I really enjoy. I'm so, not going to crush the thing. You know, I'm right. going to. Let, I'm going to let it kind of sit and simmer throughout the night and be drinking it and kind of, you know, nursing it, you know. And by the time you've had four or five, I've gone through this one and I'm at the same place you are. And right. I actually like what I'm drinking. I know. That's a great point. That's a great point. It is a beer to be nursed. I yeah. agree. That, uh, yeah. So just note that. It's a mad Elf. Also, really cool looking design yeah. on the bottle. That yeah. makes it fun. I like that. It does, yeah. Cool design. So got, got well, you know, design. and since we're on it, um, you know, and, and I have the knowledge, um, for those of you who, you know, do drink, Mad Elf, as Greg said, is a great one this holiday season um, to yeah. go out and, and get and grab. Um, Harpoon actually does a lot of stuff um, yeah. this time of the year. They have a winter warmer. They have a chocolate one that they do um, on that lower price point. So. It makes it really affordable um, to go out and grab those. One of the ones that's a little bit on the higher side um, would be Brooklyn Chocolate Stout. Oh, yeah. Um, And then also uh, this time of the year, you're going to see Southern Tier Creme Brulee coming out. 
it is. Yeah, it's it's dessert in a bottle, um, wow. and so you're not going to be able to finish one of those. I took one over yeah, to Andrew's house. That with Debbie. Yeah, yeah wow. I, well, I took one over to Andrew's house. We couldn't even finish one together. Wow. Huh. Wow. So it was that just, rich, it huh? just, yeah, it sat so heavy and was so rich and thick. Hmm. Uh, and you know, Andrew and I, I mean, we'll, we'll down beer, no problem, but this was say. just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm done. Had, you know, about half of it each and, and we were, we were ready to go. So creme brulee. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And wow. for those of you wine connoisseurs out there, if you're looking for, uh, you know, some good, uh, drinking wine, um, if you're having turkey, Riesling or Pinot Noir, those are those are your go tos. If you're looking to have a you know something uh, with ham, um, you know again a Pinot Noir would be nice, a little bit on the lighter side, or something really big like a uh, Zinfandel or Syrah. Mm-hmm. Very so, good, man. There's our holiday holiday alcohol tips. Holiday I've heard edition. tips on everything, but maybe auto mechanics. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, where's that? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I got so, so excited, I started coughing. I know, right? But we are uh, we are in our Christmas episode, and we want to talk about um, sermons. Greg, Steve, you guys are pastors. You guys have been doing this a while. What do you think about Christmas sermons? Are they first of all? Do you think that they are necessary? That every Christmas pastors should stop what they're doing, take some time, and acknowledge this aspect of the season? Good question. Do you want to take it first, Steve? I'm pointing at you, bro. Pointing at me. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Great question. I mean, I guess I could say what I do. I'd say, I mean, in the 17, 18 years that I've been preaching around Christmas time, I've done probably all but two or three of those where I've done some kind of a series. Uh, and even the two or three years I didn't, usually the Sunday before Christmas, and the Christmas Eve service, I would do something. Mm. Um, my thought, similar to music, um, you know, people can do with this what they will. People are going to be frustrated if it's not acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do know I went to, uh, or actually, I went to this church, but not when this happened. A friend of mine went to a church. Um, it was either Easter or Christmas. It was one of the big ones. And let's just say it was Easter. And he was like, well, good morning, everybody. Want to acknowledge that the calendar says it's Easter Sunday, but we're talking about giving. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there was a pastor that did not deviate. <laughs> from what he talked about from, every Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he probably did talk about giving every Sunday, too. It's funny, but they were in a series on giving and generosity and stewardship and, and that sort of thing. And he did not deviate. And uh, my buddy was very frustrated by that and said, look, I know the Bible doesn't command us to uh, fix our calendars. So I, I would say that first. I, I agree. The Bible does not ask churches or pastors, in, in my opinion, to do something special because of a liturgical calendar that, mm-hmm. that man invented, frankly. So, yeah, yeah I'm down with that. You yeah. know, I'd say, yeah, there's there's no imperative that uh, we can find in Scripture telling us to do that. Heretic. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the flip side what, what of the coin. What would the Reverend James King say oh, about that? Oh, my goodness, man. If he hears this, oh, he'll be calling in on he this. will be calling in on, on this. I'm sure there'll be some poignant wisdom for us. But the... Uh, the, the Christmas sermon series to me is a pastoral application mm-hmm. that I recognize that the, the folks in the church are going to be bombarded um, with Christmas stuff. 
And Christmas, let's be honest, is very stressful. Most people I talk to, I ask them what they think about Christmas. They're just stressed out by it. <laughs> They're stressed out by gift giving. Money is tight. They're struggling with all this kind of stuff on what do I do. A, a lot of uh, family get-togethers that can create what we talked about in our Thanksgiving episode, mm-hmm. dysfunction junction stuff. Um, you know, there, There's a lot of stress involved. So to me, to, to take advantage of the opportunity – uh, that the culture affords us. And Steve, uh, you must like this, brother. Thumbs up, man. Thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Right on. It's just a wise thing to do, I think. Yes. Because, and particularly even for visitors, it might not even be believers yet, that might darken mm. the door of your church. I mean, there's you've got a natural hook because it's Christmas. Mm. And look, most people, even though there is a lot of stress, enjoy something of Christmas. Yes, Maybe it's because it's do. a childhood echo, the music. So to me, it's just such a a big juicy watermelon thrown right down the center of the plate. Mm-hmm. You got to smack that thing. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought on doing Christmas sermons. Mm, yeah. Absolutely, but, yeah, yeah. I'm reminded of a guy at the gym, friend of mine. I see him a lot. Uh, he's not yet a Christian, and I haven't gotten him to attend Trinity yet. I almost had him once, and then they went to another big church in the area instead that yeah. night. But anyway, uh, so he he asked me that he'll ask me all these questions, and he said, "So, so Steve uh, is." Uh, is December 25 really the day Jesus was born? Oh, wow. He didn't know, you know. Yeah. And I said, nah, nah. I mean, it could be, but who knows? Right, right. One, chance, one chance in 365, right, it might have yeah. been. Uh, and he said, really? I said, yeah, it, it's not in the Bible. There's nothing about that. There's nothing about having Christmas in, in the Bible. There's nothing about specifically celebrating his birth on one day of the year. He said, really? And then he says, I'm impressed that you're admitting that. Wow. Yeah, like he wow. thought I'm giving something away there. And, <laughs> oh, and, and he said, so do you do Christmas at your church? And I said, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so now he's confused. And he's looking at me like, well, if it's not, no, you know, why are you doing it? Yeah. And I told him, well, you know, Jesus was born on Sunday, right? Right, right. So <laughs> if we want to pick Sunday, because we don't know what day he was born on, if we want to pick Sunday and celebrate the fact that this is when he was born, I mean, yeah. His birth, his incarnation, this is God in the flesh. This is a big thing. Yeah. If we want to celebrate that, we can do that. And in fact, and, and this really, he really agreed with this. I said, there are more people who are not yet Christians attending my church on that day than any other day of the year. Maybe Easter, you know, is competition with that. Sure. Uh, and, and so I'd be stupid to just preach about yeah. giving or whatever. Right? Right. This is a great opportunity for me to yeah. me to speak to people. So. Yes. Yeah. That's so I, good. Yeah. And besides that, you know what? Uh, I love Christmas, man. Yeah, I mean, it's me just too. great. You talk about the stress. Talk about the expense. I have 10 grandchildren. Oh. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Four. So your wife's buying gifts for four kids. Yeah, My it. wife's buying gifts for 10 grandkids <laughs> and wow. our four kids and, your kids and our parents wow. and everybody else we know. Oh, man. Wow. I need to take out a second one. <laughs> uh, but but I, I, I love Christmas. I love Christmas yeah. at church. You know, a, After church this past Sunday, we just announced we need a bunch of people. People raise their hands. We got to decorate the place, put up the wreaths and all that stuff. And yeah. it was so cool seeing all that stuff going up in our worship space and wow. how it's going to look when we come in next Sunday. Yeah. So what we're doing is the next three Sundays, we have a Christmas sermon. Yeah. 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 Just two leading up to it and then one on the pre, the Sunday before Christmas. And what is the series this year, Steve? Uh, it's really not a series. It's, okay. it's whatever. I, I'm preaching this week. Brent's next week. I'm the week after. We're going to try and make it look like it's a series. Gotcha. But it's whatever we come up with. I gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been I've done that. Been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always make it. You know, you can put it under the big category: nativity, Christmas, Advent, yeah. whatever. Christmas and giving. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Christmas is and King tithing. James Bible. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, I love what you said, Steve, too, about the. Um, 
the the expectations of people uh, matter. I I found this with singing as well with with worship mm-hmm. is um, I, I generally I hope this is the case if our praise team leaders were here I I have generally had a pretty I think non micromanaging style um, you know we kind of set the broad parameters you know and let them just choose away the only thing I've ever kind of insisted on uh, and it hasn't really been a problem. Years ago, with some different worship leaders, good people, but uh, sort of had the same. I'm not going to do Christmas music. Uh-huh. Uh, we we we'll uh-huh. do that Christmas Eve when uh-huh. I'm doing. And I just people are frustrated, yeah, because yeah. they only get to sing these songs for a limited time of the year. Many of them they love, and there are some beautiful Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too far into that. We're going to do a whole podcast yep. on that uh, in the weeks ahead. But the um, there is an expectation. For people to sing them, and I say, yeah, you can fight it, you can fight it, you can fight it. You're going to lose. You're dumb, right? I yeah. mean, and why fight it? Yeah. We have these cards people can take out of the chair in front of them, write things on it, put it in the offering plate. Yeah, the connect cards. So somebody wrote on a connect card a week ago. Start Christmas songs now. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> so this past Sunday, you know, yeah. yesterday is this Monday? Yeah, yesterday yep. we, we had one Christmas song. And man, you could tell the people loved it. The way they sang that yeah, song, it was, the, it was the best sung song in the whole worship set. Yeah, we'll probably have two next week, and then that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, you know, build it up until yep, it's build all it Christmas. Up until songs it's all Christmas. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Same thing, same thing. And uh, it's it's kind of neat to see the tie-ins. You know, um, I think last year one of the songs that that has a nice tie-in, although it's not a Christmas song, is "Here I Am to Worship." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, light of the world, yeah. you step down into darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open my eyes, let me see. So there's an incarnation theme that comes out very nicely, ties in with so many songs. But didn't mean to get us down the song path, Nathan. I'll take it back uh, to right. the, the the sermon path. Uh, I will say this. Yeah, Usually I on in, in October, November, when I get the hook, the angle on Christmas, I'm very excited because I think, all right, now I've been here at Christ Fellowship. Uh, for 12 years, 13 Christmases, I think, however that works. Uh, so you you do look at the canon of available material. Yes. Let's let's lay it out. You've got, I mean, Matthew and Luke. Matthew and Luke, you, birth you, narratives. You, you, birth narratives, you've got two pretty full chapters there, for the most part, where there's a lot to pull from. Got nothing in Mark, uh, since it just starts with his baptism, basically. And John, you've got a theological yeah. Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, word became flesh, uh, sort of a theological prologue. And then you've got your go-to Old Testament, Isaiah 7, Isaiah, Isaiah 9, a little bit of Micah 5, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's some other things you can work hard to do. So you've got, I would say, maybe a limited database, And uh, but I'm with you, Steve. The incarnation, uh, I think it was Luther that said the incarnation that God wrapped himself in our flesh is beyond human understanding. Mm-hmm. Sort of his way of saying, soak this in. Think about this. Not that you'll ever fully understand it, but it deepen your worship deepen your sense of awe about what what the incarnation actually means and signifies. So I think it's just a great thing for the church to ponder. Mm-hmm. And it just seems, why do that in July when you've got <laughs> everything aiding uh, and abetting your right. efforts in December? So Just being uh, in sync with your culture. It, yeah, it, yeah, aiding exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that, you know, sort of, again, that bloom where you're planted principle that we've talked about before. Um, so this year for us, we're doing, uh, mine is just called the original Christmas carols because mm-hmm. in Luke one and two, you've got those four songs and it's kind of cool cause it gives you a chance to go a little Latin. And I said yesterday, Hey, you know, we just opened the series. Um, we're going to do the Magnificat, which is 
merry song, you know, in my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit will rejoice in God, my savior. And then, um, next week it's the Benedictus, uh, which is Zechariah song after his tongue has been loosened. And, you know, he's, it's, it's about Jesus and John the Baptist. Cause he says some wishes for his child. And then the following uh, week is the uh, angel song, the Gloria in Excelsis, um, in, in Luke two, and then Simeon, which is my favorite, you know, who was promised that he'd lay eyes on the Messiah. Uh, he's an old man waiting to see the Messiah, and he gets to hold Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I thought, okay, good. Christmas got got the text laid out. It's nice and clean. So able to tie it into Christmas carols, favorite songs, etc. And, you know, each year there's an angle. I'm curious, Steve, what some of the things you've done. Oh, man. I mean, you've done everything. Let, let me just say, uh, I, I, as I said earlier, and I meant it, I love Christmas. Same I here. love taking advantage of the opportunity, uh, the opportunity the culture hands us where all these people are showing up. And, you know, we really do have a crowd, right, on yeah, Christmas Eve and absolutely. other stuff. Christmas Eve, we're often like 50% our people and 50% who knows who they are. <laughs> Agreed. Mm-hmm. Same Agreed. where you are, right? Yeah. So I, I get to speak to all those people. Briefly, we make that a brief sermon. Yep. Christmas Eve. Um, so, so I love it all, but but at the same time, I absolutely hate. I hate Christmas preaching. Yeah, <laughs> I really do, man. I've been doing this for thirty five years, trying to figure out. All right, what am I going to say now from Matthew one or Luke two <laughs> or Isaiah seven or Micah? You know how? And you know, you want your preaching to be fresh. Yep. And uh, uplifting and interesting and scholarly to some extent and funny to some extent and life related and applicable and and you know all those life change all those things rolled up in one. How do I do that from Luke chapter two? Right. <laughs> Again. Again. And, yeah. and I'm reminded of this. This is my favorite Christmas preaching verse. This is the ver- this is my life verse when it comes to having to preach for Christmas. Ecclesiastes one nine. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Oh, oh man. man. That is good, dude. That is so, good. Uh, yeah. Does I, it? Uh, I shouldn't be letting this cow out of the bag, because some of our people are going to have to hear me this Sunday, yeah. and I'm basically saying, I hate this, man. It's going to be does, awful. Does it help you, Steve, like it does me, that I've had some it's sort of a backhanded uh, compliment, encouragement that I'll get is that uh, people probably don't remember. Um, you know, I've often thought, and believe me, I have no desire to leave. Pardon me. We can edit out that burp, hiccup, whatever that was. Uh, that uh, desire to leave uh, uh, CFC, uh, my church, I love it here. But I would say if you uh, went somewhere new every seven years, you'd be set. Yeah. You know, because I just can recycle it yeah, all. Yeah, just, I, oh, yeah, just recycle it every seven years. <laughs> Microwave it, warm it up. But the advantage there is, in one sense, you know, let's be honest, it's not a pleasant thought. There is there is some degree of uh, attrition and turnover in churches, as, as there is. So every seven years, in some ways, it's a new crowd uh, with some old faces. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it does force it sometimes. And, you know, you can stretch it a little more. I remember doing a um, Echoes of Christmas in the Old Testament where, um, <laughs> Echoes, you know, kind of doing Genesis 3 uh, you know, three fifteen, and and the promise of the one who will crush the serpent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sort of, you can kind of trace it out, and then maybe mm-hmm. get to Matthew or get the Luke whole story at the very end. Uh, that's an angle that you can do. A few years ago, I did one called the. Um, it was something like uh, the enemies of Christmas, mm-hmm. and I was able to do something on. Um, I think I had three. I had uh, secularism, sentimentalism, and materialism. Mm-hmm. 
um, and how they can sort of impede and eclipse our view of Christmas. Uh-huh. So a little more topical, and it allows you to talk about some of those those themes uh, that people uh, encounter. Um, but, yeah, you always want to be textual, you know, which I always say. You might not be expositional, meaning you're going through at Christmas a book because it's hard to do that. Yeah. But you want to be textual and have a text yeah. and say, hey, he preached from this passage. Um, That's one reason why Christmas preaching is so hard for me. I'm very, very expositional. Yes. If you just give me a text where I have to say, all right, I can't go verse by verse through that. I've got to imagine what I'm going to talk about. I'm pathetic. <laughs> so, uh, so it's hard for me. Yeah. You know? Like I'd, I'd rather preach Christmas from, from Colossians where it, it talks about Christ's uh, nature and yes, Hebrews right. chapter one and two. Hey, I went to this guy's website. I won't, I won't say who he is, but he describes himself as an iPhone pastor in a typewriter church. Oh, <laughs> an iPhone pastor in a typewriter church. church. That is good. That is good. I guess there's a few of those pastors around, huh? Yeah. And he talks about you know, the difficulty of coming up with something fresh for Christmas. And yeah. so here are some of the things we usually get. We get the come to church sermon. You tell all the visitors because Jesus was born in a manger, they should come to church every other Sunday right. in the year. Right? Uh, there's the uh, Jesus is the reason, so Santa is not sermon. Uh, there's the this, this, this incarnation stuff sounds implausible, but you can believe it because we love each other sermon yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is the one i like best he talks about uh, a storytelling sermon where the pastor pretends to tell the story from the perspective of the donkey that mary rode to yeah. bethlehem uh, or from the perspective of the innkeeper's nagging barmaid wife yeah. or even from the vantage point of a nearby tree yeah. you know somehow i got to tell this christmas story from a fresh vantage point um the last one he has here is uh, well. There's the theology lecture sermon. I've I've done that one a number of times. Sure. Uh, but the last one is the the please believe in Jesus tonight because my job depends upon it. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Dude. So uh, I'm going to preach good. one of those sermons this year. I don't know. Which yes. One. <laughs> yes. I, I think you should do the tree one. Man, the perspective of the tree. <laughs> the tree. It, it'll be very zen. Yeah, it would be. Man. Like, like silent. Yes. I'm moving. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could have the soundtracks, you know, of uh, Mary and Joseph walking and leaves that crunching. Good. Yes, and, uh-huh. and uh, the, the the background noise of the the the, the crowded streets of Bethlehem. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, uh, there is enormous pressure. I think that little tongue in cheek thing illustrates that there is enormous pressure. And um, you know, I, I so I, I think this is good because we're talking. You asked asked us, Nathan, should we do it? Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I don't think there's a hard yes. Mm-hmm. I think Steve and I are both saying, yeah, we do it, right. and here's reasons. Doesn't mean there aren't challenges. Yeah, I mean, believe me, I will say I tend to breathe a, a sigh of relief when Christmas is done. I'm going back to Second Peter, <laughs> That's right, I'm right. Back to which we'll cover several months, yeah. you know, right. and you're like, good. Uh-huh. But I know what I know the text is going to be. Uh-huh. It's just there for me to exposit, and it's, uh, it's there. So I do see how some people say, oh, I don't even fool with that kind of stuff. And there, look, there is pressure. Um, I think I heard uh, MacArthur or Bag or one of those guys say that once. Everything he says fights against expositional preaching. Huh. He says because you've always got the holidays coming up, 
which can be interruptions to mm-hmm. your book series. Uh, you often have you know the Father's Day stuff, the Mother's Day stuff. Sometimes there are national Sundays that the church acknowledges yeah. that people in the church sometimes would say, hey, you know, pro-life Sunday mm-hmm. or sanctity of life Sunday. Uh, There's think, a disaster in the land. You it, ought to preach something exactly, about that. Exactly, exactly. There's, uh, you know, I probably everybody, I think we asked this once, 9-11, I changed yeah. my sermon. Yeah. I think you Absolutely. did as well. I bet 99% of uh, American pastors <laughs> at least did that. So I do think everything does fight against exposition. And I think that we should probably in some way let our people know that. Hey, we, our goal is to go through the Bible sequentially, systematically. Uh, if, if that's the kind of church that w- you're in, which you know Steve and I both are, um, so I think there is a sense in which our people need to know that is a struggle. So we might say no to some things. There might be a Mother's Day where all we do is say, "Hey, moms, glad to have you here." <laughs> yeah, I don't always do a Mother's Day sermon. Uh, I don't know. Do you see? Pretty much. Okay. And, and what we do is, uh, you know, think about this. This really works well for us. We'll, we'll pile up a bunch of infant dedications on that day. Do you yeah. guys do infant dedications? We do. Yeah, so we'll, we'll pile those up, and that brings all kinds of grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and friends. And so there'll be like 50, 60 extra people there that day. Yes. All sitting together near the front with their cameras for the infant dedication. And then I get to preach to those people. Yes, that's true. So that's since true. it's Mother's Day, I'll make it a mother's-related message, but, yep. you know, gospel. Well, and, and that's why in our Christmas Eve uh, sermon or uh, service, we always have something child-related. And I often say, hey, it's hard uh, to prep because uh, right now our church, you know, we're, we're meeting over three services. So it's hard to get all the kids together to do something. We're, we're doing something a little more creative this year. But I do that. One, I do think it's great for the kids. I think that they, they have memories associated with uh, church culture mm-hmm. when they were kids and the fun of Christmas and the songs and all that. Two, I mean, I know those grandparents, aunts, uncles are going to come. Uh, and look, you can't go wrong with kids. If kids stand up, they can pick their nose. Uh, <laughs> you know, they can pull each other's hair. Uh-huh. Oh, we love it. Yeah. Precious. Uh-huh. Look at Johnny throwing up on the <laughs> stage. And, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what yeah. they do because it's just cute because they're little kids. But I also know that families are going to be there, grandparents, etc. And, I mean, to me, it's foolish, again, not to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. Speaking of that, maybe this is for, I bet there are young guys interested in ministry, studying for the ministry, who are listening to your podcast. And, uh, you know, a lot of young guys, go ahead and do this. It's great. You get into the Puritans. Some older preacher says, you got to read the Puritans. And so you start reading the Puritans. And they were pretty much very, very anti-Christmas. They were, yeah. It was like a popish celebration for them. And we got to really separate ourselves from all things popish. So no Christmas for for serious Christians. So you you read the Puritans and you love the Puritans. There's lots of great stuff in the Puritans. But then you swallow everything, not recognizing they were at a place in time. And there were reasons why they had to divide themselves from popery the way they did and so on. But we're not in that place in time. And we're not Puritans. They all died. We're here in 2015, and you know it's a different <laughs> yeah. situation. So uh, read the Puritans, but think, Smart. and yeah. don't try to be the Puritans. You're not a Puritan, right? You know, right. You're an American in 2015. <laughs> yes. So uh, go ahead and preach a Christmas sermon. Yeah. Well, right. well said, Steve. Good, yeah. good counsel. And I do think too with the the Puritans. Uh, yeah, you, you're you're right. It's and look, I it's interesting you bring that up, Steve. I just had a conversation with a friend about the Puritans no more than a week or two ago. Um, I think maybe we mentioned this once before. What's most sorely lacking in most Puritan writing <clears throat> is a sense of assurance. Yes. Uh, and that's been frustrating me. rob you of it. Yes. Yeah. There is such an intense emphasis on introspection, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, the Owen sin and mortification. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that there is just a sense. Oh man, am I even saved? I can't get through that thing and still feel I like know. I'm saved. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I it it bothers me. I think that was some. I think even Packer, if I remember rightly, in his book on the he Puritans, does. acknowledged that as That's a great Packer. weakness. Yes, he you did. Know, that there is a sense in which we have to look at the Puritans and say, for all the good they did, and there's some fine preaching and some some great sermons. Some of John Flavel's stuff on providence was very good. Just a lot of them were great wordsmiths if you can kind of yeah, hang with the older English and uh, and get their sense. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And am I right? I think Spurgeon was kind of an anti-Christmas guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and yeah, yeah he, most he, everybody loves Spurgeon. He was like the last great Puritan, I think. Yes. Uh, he was, you know, their church was no instruments. Right, right. Acapella singing only, yep. et cetera. Uh, and, and no liturgy, because liturgy, liturgical worship was often considered kind of popish. The popish, yeah. yeah so we can't do that. Um, another note on preaching is uh, for our Christmas Eve, I'm going to preach 10 minutes long. Yeah. Because I think all those guests coming that, le- that night, the last thing they want to do is hear me talk. Right. They're not coming to hear me talk. Right. And if I talk like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, they're going to be like, how do I get out of here? What uh, is this thing over? I agree. So they're, they're going to get 10 minutes a very terse, clear gospel. Yeah. You know, here, here's God's story. Here's God made us. We fell. Here's what Jesus did. Here's what you do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I've generally, that's been a change for me too, Steve. Recently yeah, me too. Because, uh, in the past, no, no, full exposition, going to preach the word, let the word do the work. As if there's a time limit on that somewhere in Scripture. It'd be interesting if you if you read the encounter yes. of Jesus and, and the woman of the well. And I'm sure it took longer. Uh, but in terms of how it's been included in Scripture, it's fairly short. All the sermons in the book of Acts or the Sermon on the Mount. Exactly. I read mean, through the Sermon on the Mount. It's a couple of minutes. Exactly. So I'm saying if we read those, nobody could say we're being biblically unfaithful i mean look it, we're gonna uh, <laughs> rather than me preaching i'm gonna let jesus preach that's right it's what he said there it is there's your sermon uh-huh. we're, we're, and we're you're actually doing more than that and i i agree i've i've made the same adjustment at weddings i learned yes, long time ago that's right. <laughs> nobody is coming to hear that's the right. the guy uh-huh. the the rena minister that you know you could have gotten from a you know uh-huh. generic evangelical protestant warehouse uh <laughs> to stand there like a cardboard cutter nobody's ever that guy so i tend to think um my goal was to calm the couple, uh, and I, I tend to use humor. Uh, yes, Lisa's helped me keep it light, keep it light and comfortable. Tell them, give them a few things to think about, and I know the crowd might think about that as well. Funeral, I found people are far more attentive. Yeah, I think uh, so because uh-huh. I think there is a genuine grieving. Yeah. I think the the possibility of words reaching them. So I might go twenty minutes at a funeral. I think the last funeral I did twenty minutes. That's it's about what I do. Yeah. It's weird, Steve. Similarities are striking. I, and, and, look, Nathan, and we and look our, so much alike. We look so much. Our, <laughs> our physiques. <laughs> you, you got the goatee thing going on? The goatee. Uh, I mean, me pulling up on my Harley today. It's just amazing. It was um, scary. I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Walking in my should. sleep. Craig Dutcher. As, as you should. Uh. Uh. So let me ask you guys, um, in terms of uh, facilitating a church and the things that happen, what are some things that you try to implement throughout the season of Christmas Mm. that is uh, church-wide, traditions, things like that? You mentioned Christmas Eve service. I think that's pretty standard for most anyone out there. Um, What are some other things that um, you find are kind of helpful in pulling people in and pulling people together this time of the year? 
Yeah. Uh, again, I know I sound like a broken record, pun intended. Music is just mm-hmm. a big thing, and we, we talk about it pretty openly. Hey, we're going to sing some great Christmas music. I know people love it, uh, and they enjoy it, and uh, that's probably our most uh, significant change. We do decorate, too. Not as yeah. soon as you do, Steve. In fact, I we need to find out when our decorating committee – they normally do it, I think, first weekend in December. So that's why yesterday was the 29th. Yeah. So next Sunday. It wasn't. So I think next Sunday it'll be, it'll be decked out. Um, <laughs> Church-wide, our community groups, which is our main vehicle, you know, we always say, and I think Steve, similar at Trinity, uh, to, um, you know, find your ministry and involvement in the church where you're really one-anothering. Um, you know, every group tends to do a uh, party, a mm-hmm. uh, Christmas party. We encourage that, you know, invite family, friends, neighbors, coworkers to mix and mingle with you and that sort of thing. I would say that's that's probably it on our end on Christmas and the Christmas Eve service being the big capstone. Yeah, I'd say ditto here. Um, and one other thing, and I bet you do something like this. Uh, we're pretty involved in an outreach to uh, underprivileged kids, let's say, in, in a community near us. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have people over there weekly, a lot of people over there weekly, and it involves a lot of providing just material things for them. This time of year, there's a big push to give a lot of stuff sure. to those kids and those families. So every week, our our pastors over outreach stands up, talks about this. The people love it. Mm-hmm. They're giving so generously. We got piles of stuff being hauled over there in cars every week wow. now. So uh, it's a great time to really boost our outreach yeah. to glad, some folks near us. Glad you mentioned that. What we've done corporately, because individual community groups can do different things uh. Uh, in terms of how how they want to serve and. And, you know, get involved. We've had some people involved with Harford House, uh, which I don't even think is necessarily a quote-unquote Christian ministry, but ministering to, you know, underprivileged families. Uh, church-wide, we've done, we've done for years now Operation Christmas Child, you know, uh, yeah. a Samaritan's yeah, Purse. Yeah, we do that too. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that, that's just a great one for the kids. When, when, when my kids have done it, I always remember uh, Samantha, my now oldest, she's well, almost 17, but when she was little, I remember... Man, I almost cried talking about this. It bothered her so much because, I mean, her pile at Christmas, you got to keep in mind, she's got two sets of grandparents, that, <laughs> and she was their first grandchild on each side. Oh, man. Uh, so you know, spoiled as, as could be from grandparents. So many aunts and uncles. I mean, she got, a like all my kids and most American kids, a pretty, pretty honking big pile of stuff that they get, mm-hmm. you know, toys and clothes and everything in between. Um so you, you get one of those little boxes. It's like a shoe box or something of comparable size. And, you know, we were at Target or Walmart. We're buying things. They give you the list on what you can send, what you can't. Obviously, you can't send chocolate because it'll hmm. be ruined and melted by the time. But certain hard candies and toys, and they make some recommendations on soaps and toothbrush and, you know, all these kind of things. So to me, this is what I would say because people debate this. A, a lot of people have problems with Operation Christmas Child because, well, people need uh, – Clean water, um, you know, th- those are the things that we should be emphasizing in third world countries. I understand that. I'll say quickly to me, a little kid who's never gotten a gift before that gets a gift, yeah, man, is pretty Come cool. On. That's mm-hmm. right, It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. And the benefit for our kids, I think you're you're giving them a very hands-on object lesson. So I remember when Sam was done, we said, "Oh, honey, we can't fit any more in the box." And it bothered her. It really bothered her because you could just tell in her little mind at the time, she was probably six years old, was like, but I want to, you know, she want to get more. I get such a big pile and this is all. Right, right. And it's a cool thing. 
You know, because you can say, and now uh, this is newer. You can track where it goes. Yeah. Uh, the only yeah. thing with uh, Operation Christmas Child that's difficult is it's all wrapped up and done by like November fifteenth. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a it's it's a Christmas opportunity to just get families involved and teach them yep. right. uh, something bigger than themselves. But um, it, it it tends to be a pre Christmas activity. Uh, because mm. they have to get those, you know, mm. stored and sent all over the world. But now you can track where your gift goes if you do it online. Mm. So you can at least know it went to Guatemala, it went to this. Mm-hmm. Area, That's awesome. Which, which is yeah. cool. In the past, you had no idea where it went. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, hey, sorry. I think the only other thing we might do. I don't know if this even qualifies as a thing, but I like this thing. Is uh, with the Christmas Eve service, we really want to see our people bring a lot of their friends. Mm-hmm. So we, we've started talking. Two weeks ago, about the Christmas Eve service. In mm-hmm. our service, we talk about this. So this is a great time for you to invite friends. This year, we're, we're going to do something we haven't done before. We're actually going to have uh, we're going to have tickets. So there's like limited huh. seating available. So you wow. have to have a ticket to get the tickets yeah. are free. But so you, you know, you take five tickets, give them to friends. If you right. give them, return them because we need those tickets. Right. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so you guys are going to do one service, just one. Gotcha. Yep. 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 Yeah, we've gone back and forth. Two, one, two, one, and we'd rather have one absolutely packed standing room only than two mediocre. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, we're because um, our building, as you know, is so small. We're renting uh, the Richland Ballroom. Are you really uh, up by? Awesome, man. You know, not terribly far uh-huh. from you. Yeah, right, right down just, the street. Just uh-huh. just a little further down um, to get everybody there. Together. Very cool. I will say this. Um, and any of my own church listeners, this is I'm not castigating you. I'm really, really not. This is my affectionate sadness. <laughs> when you said 50% of your people, same here. Because it's um, sometimes, I mean, it tends to be a bigger number. Sometimes it's pretty close to the total because you're right. About 50% of people don't come mm-hmm. uh, because yes. they've got other commitments. Family stuff, they're so out of town. Y- you've got stuff. There's always this part of me. I love that service so much. It has a special feel. Like, I want my regular people there. Yeah. You know, and uh, in addition to all the guests, but it. So, we're having happen. our Christmas Eve this, this week on the Sunday prior to Christmas, oh, which is actually okay. the 20th. Yeah. To try and deal with that. Because we've tried the other 24th to 23rd. We've tried different hours on the 24th. Everybody's got a problem with any hour. Any hour. So, we're going Sunday night. Now, you're not doing anything Sunday night, are you? So, yeah. come on. Wow. Uh, I didn't know that. So, your yeah. Christmas Eve is a. Christmas Eve Eve yes. sort Eve, of Eve, Eve, uh, service. Eve, yeah. So you can come. Yeah, dude. Right, hey, I will remember I'm going to give you a ticket, brother. Uh-huh. Uh, give me a ticket, brother. <laughs> and you, Nathan. That's right. Uh-huh. Actually, I might be able to attend that one because I usually can't attend ours. Yeah, Nathan uh-huh. normally can't because the store's got work. him yeah. Yeah. Although Big last time. year. I remember last year I did, yeah. That was it was awesome. Joy and I laughed because it was our Christmas miracle. So it was yes. normally I have to work all day. Um, and even if I work in the morning, I still have to stay till close and make sure mm-hmm. everything – you know, finishes up all right. And, that was um, awesome when you yeah, came in. Last year, Joy went in. She she had come in early because she bakes um, cookies and these little banana breads for everyone in the store. So she brought Sweet. them in as uh-huh. gifts for everyone and um, all the employees, I should say, not everyone who comes in the store. So Shoot, don't man. come in the store on Christmas Eve expecting to get yeah. something. So when he walked into your Christmas Eve service, did the angels sing? They did. <laughs> a little moment where the, it got we, bright. We cued yeah. handle. Hallelujah. That's right. Broke out. Uh-huh. It was all good. The light shone. Yes. Um, but no, it was funny because Joy went in, brought in that stuff, and she's like, hey, uh, Bernie, so what time do you think Nathan's going to get out today? He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, We'll see. She's like, well, you know, maybe I'll come back a little later and see if he's done so she came back i think it was five or five thirty, whenever it was and 
she she was like, well, I'm on my way to church, so you know, I just want to know, you know, when he's going to be done, so I know when to pick him up. And he's like, oh, you can take him now. He's he's good to go. That was cool. So, man. yeah, yeah, it was. You know, Joy and I. She's like, I almost teared up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, no, that was really cool, dude. No, and I get it. Believe yeah. me. I mean, we Lisa has often said, Greg. I mean, her family. My family, not as much. My family's pretty low-key about everything, mm-hmm. traditions-wise. They're, they're happy to do Christmas on the 28th. Or, yeah. Lisa's family has always been a little more traditional in the, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. They're, they're big things. So she's often said, sometimes I feel like if you weren't a pastor, we, we would probably miss church on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and uh, you know what? In fair, we probably would. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. it's, again, it's not a Sunday in most cases. It's not your Sunday morning service where you're... You're sort of tied into a regular rhythm, so it's 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 an off rhythm event yeah. for many people. I, I'm just saying that. Oh, I I love to have everybody together. I think since, since our Christmas Eve is on a Sunday night, I'm even going to tell people the week prior if you need to miss next Sunday morning so you can be here in the night, that'd wow. be preferable. We want you here at night. We want to pack it at night. That's yeah. nice. You come at night, bring your friends, stay home that morning if you got to. We'll see if that morning's a disaster. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like now, me I have to ask, Steve, does that make your, the Heartland Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, a little easier? Oh, because you don't have anything. Because I don't have that. Oh, absolutely. 24th. That's, oh, yeah. Like, uh, I, I would like to a big uh, sigh of relief on the night of the twentieth. I would like to do a big note to self right now, you guys. Um, <laughs> that we're going to do the same. No, I can't. It's already in motion. Can't do already it. Already But next year, and by the way, next year, uh, Christmas twenty sixteen, uh, Christmas Day is Sunday. Is it a Sunday? It's, oh, that's it's Sunday, sweet. Which just happened a few years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's sweet. sweet. We won't. We won't be having service. I wonder when we'll do our Christmas Eve. You won't have a service that day. Well, that's what we did a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's a good I, idea. I, Maybe I, we won't either. I should say... I ain't bad. ...that the elders will discuss that. <laughs> we, we've never set a forward-moving policy, but that's what we did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. We did our Christmas Eve service the Saturday night before. Right. We didn't have it. So when the elders right. are going to discuss such a thing, do you bribe them with good beer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't need to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll just bring it. No. <laughs> well, well, Bill's a bourbon guy, so we, we, bur- we've got him right. covered. And actually, Mark and Ed don't don't drink because they're not Bible-believing Christians. <laughs> that's wrong. Uh, yeah, I know. They're, and they're in... In your church? And they're in leadership. It's um, I want to show that we give grace oh, to people, see, that we give grace. Yeah. yeah, that's something we'll discuss, but my sense is we probably won't. Did you guys, when yeah, it was Sunday, did you have a service? Uh, when? when? Uh, remember, it was five, four or five ago. years ago? Yeah. I think we did. Okay. I remember like talking to you about there. it. Right, yeah. that's the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So did you judge the other 90%? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad for you faithful people yeah, that came right. out. And you <laughs> kids that are there begrudging your parents, <laughs> hating them for making you come out. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, no, that gets you in the whole And we're going to be all about stuff. grace today. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so real quick, we have uh, a few minutes left. Um, Want to just talk about things that personally in your house we actually didn't get to some family traditions but um things personally that you guys enjoy reading and getting into um this time of the year um are there are there any um stories that can be you know spiritual theological um or or not that you guys enjoy uh, reading this time of the year Th- this is where you don't want me on the podcast because i have absolutely Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I think it makes a difference. When you have kids in the home, yeah. then you want to read stuff with your kids and they're into Christmas, all that. And my kids are long gone out of the mm-hmm. home. It's Debbie and me. And like, you know, am I going to read her a cool little Christmas story? Yeah. <laughs> or what? It just isn't going down. So uh, our only tradition is let's go buy some more gifts. 
Yeah. You know, let's go shopping again. Let's yeah. get on Amazon and have some stuff mailed here. Yeah. Sure. That, that's kind of it. Uh, now, we do have, we are the family gathering place now. So okay. that's really cool. We'll nice. have a massive gathering. Nice. Kids, grandkids, parents, everybody. We'll have about 22 people mm-hmm. show up for that. But no, we don't have a reading yeah. thing going on. Yeah. Sorry. Greg, you probably help us. Steve, I think I could inspire you with a couple of Christmas jokes just to prime the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you think? A couple of Christmas hey, jokes let's... like... Like the one, I, like I, I always tell my kids, guys, Christmas is special. We have special music, we have special food, we have special events. I said, there's, there's even a special, uh, uh, there's a special alphabet for Christmas. You knew that, right? Uh-huh. Christmas alphabet. Here it comes. You know, there's no L. <laughs> yeah, and then, guys, uh, you know what ethnicity Santa Claus is, right? Don't you? Oh no! Oh boy! He's North Polish. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, did I don't you? know this man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really not like him at all. Like, yeah. Let me think of another great uh, Christmas joke. You guys know um, down at the beach, you know, Santa couldn't get there because of the big hurricane that was coming through. So they just let a uh, they just let a cat loose on the beach. That way, they could encounter Sandy Claus. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, on to reading. <laughs> you pass, pass that verb. <laughs> I need a shot. <laughs> on to reading. Uh, I'm with you, Steve. Complete. I will say, kids, really, really fun. Uh, I mean, we've got a bunch of children's Bibles, and the little kids love that stuff right now. So that's a lot of fun. The, so generally, we just stick around this time to the Christmas stories, mm-hmm. uh, Promise to Mary, and you know, Gabriel's visit, and, and all these kind of stuff. They, they, they really like. We'll say um, explaining the virgin conception to children, <laughs> not so easy. A little touchy there, huh? Not so easy. Uh-huh. We generally say in that this baby was different because we say Mary wasn't even with Joseph yet uh, as, as a husband, so God put the baby in Mary's tummy. And they just know? nod. And they oh, nod, okay. they get All it. Right. Can I have my sandwich now? Exactly. You know, so <laughs> they they like so that's that's cool with the little kids. Older kids, yeah, we're we're really not doing that much with them if that invites uh castigation, I don't know, but I would just say it's uh uh we're not really doing as much um for myself, devotional reading, I'm looking even on my shelf. There's a good devotional, I think it's you can get on Amazon pretty cheaply called uh I think it's called Watch for the Light. That has a uh, mixture of devotions. Some are a little more uh, like Bernard, um, uh, a little more mystical, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Some are more like Martin Luther, um, Calvin, some other classic writings on it. Crossway has a couple of books like that. And, uh, you know, we're going to have Rick Phillips on yeah. from, from P&R. Uh, who's written some Christmas stuff. James Boyce has a good one. Uh, actually, my favorite kind of, quote, standard Christmas book that has a lot of value in it and for preachers, some great sermon fodder, is uh, John MacArthur's. I think it used to be called God With Us, and now it's called The Miracle of Christmas. But it's about nine chapters that are kind of mini sermons, and they're good. Mm, they're, they're nice. they're, he's got some really good insight on um, – I remember the one is called Knots in the Family Tree, which is a great – title on the genealogy i bet you've done the genealogy uh, before right? yes because uh, i remember probably I called, never do it again right, you know, i think right. it went like a bomb yes I, I called mine who ruins christmas with the genealogy <laughs> just trying to emphasize those four women uh, you know that are included that are are you know not yeah, typical not you know, exactly. one you don't have women in a yeah. genealogy and if you get like rahab in there mm-hmm. uh you know why would she be mentioned and um you know there, there's some cool things you you can bring out 
So those are some of the books that I, I know mm. of. Uh, and there's probably a lot of great other stuff. I bet our listeners could say, hey, here's one I read. Mm. Here's, here's a great book. How about you? Yeah, um, actually, it's funny because um, theological or spiritual, devotional type stuff, really not a whole lot. Um, Joy and I started a tradition years ago that we keep up on Christmas morning. We always read the Christmas story. Sure. So the account in Luke and Matthew um, about Christmas. Um, just you know, for us, it's uh, that's what she did growing up. Yep. They, the kids would all gather around on the bed, and Dad would read the story. And so we just kind of have continued that tradition. We did it with E last year. We'll do it this year with him as well. Yeah. Um, stuff throughout the year is mostly just silly, fun stuff. There's yeah. a poem out there called Just for Christmas. Um, so a lot of, you know, those silly kind of fun Christmas seasonal poetry things. One of the things that I do, um, every year though, is I watch, uh, this movie called the star of Bethlehem Oh and, right, dude. and that's yeah. just, that's something that I've, I've done, um, every year since it came out. I think Rick Larson is the guy who actually did this background and research. He started looking into, um, the star and what it actually looked like and what it would be. And so he got this computer software program and started looking back around dates and times to figure how things might have looked when in the sky when Christ was being born. And kind of what prompted it was what what would cause three guys from Persia yes. to um or not three guys, but you know, guys from Persia to to make this journey to Bethlehem and visit this Hebrew king, this yeah. this this Jewish king, um, and so he started talking about you know these guys were probably a remnant from Daniel and yeah. his yep. time, pretty cool, wasn't searching it? the stars, and so what would they have mm-hmm. seen? And so he kind of goes through these things, and it's it's neat because you were mentioning you know was Christ actually born on Christmas? He says, well, no, you know records kind of indicate he was born sometime in the spring, but he actually traces what he thinks is the star, and it's this. Um, close proximity of uh, Jupiter and Venus coming together, being the brightest object in the sky at the time, circumnavigating over Bethlehem actually on December 25th. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I watched it. It's interesting. Um, You know, and so it's really, it's cool how he traces through things, you know, and and so that's just kind of a tradition that I have every year Mm -hmm. of sitting down, I think it's 45 minutes, and just kind of watching his logic and his science in in the progression of it, so. Cool. Very interesting. And, um, you know, I would say the the other, um, and I'm looking up something here, um, the other um, must-read book mm-hmm. for every Christian's devotional life is, uh, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> Dude, I love that story. I do. I love that story. And my kids love it. Eat it yeah. up. You know, oh, and, uh, you know, Whoville and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, you know, you can watch the version with Jim Carrey. It's, it's decent. But uh, nowhere near as good as the actual Dr. Seuss That's book. right. Uh, that, that I would say. Um, the other thing, guys, I wanted to uh, just say one more is, of course, you guys know, Steve, where Frosty... Uh, Frosty the Snowman keeps his money. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah, a snowbank. Do you guys get that? <laughs> See, it's like a snowbank. Hey, <laughs> and uh, I'm now. yeah. Last one I give is: uh, What do you get when you cross an iPad with a Christmas tree? Pineapple. This, oh, this is painful. We, okay. we got to cut that, this. It took me a moment to figure that one out. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> other than the jokes, it was a great podcast, guys. Uh, you can edit those out. Yeah. 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 
Forgive me, listeners. <laughs> he knows not what he does. I got, yeah. I got this new sound app, and I was literally up this morning at 6 a.m. laughing <laughs> at the sound. <laughs> the things that tickle a pastor's yes. mind at uh, 6 a.m. Lisa yeah. would come down and, and has often said, you're the most immature person I've ever met. <laughs> and that's what she loves about you, right? Yes. I think so. Uh, right. <laughs> Good attempt to save it, though, Steve. Uh, Good to be a kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. We just rocked the Casper. North Polish style. These guys are 11.